0: A lot of tech CEOs talk about changing the world. Luke Eisman wants to hack the planet. My
1: name is Luke Eisman, and I'm the co-founder of Make Sunsets.
0: What is Make Sunsets?
1: Make Sunsets is a startup that is cooling Earth by launching reflective clouds into the stratosphere.
0: Luke's idea is to pump particles into the sky that would deflect the sun's rays and bring temperatures down, kind of like a giant mirror above the Earth. I don't
1: think anyone has intentionally, or at least publicly, done (laughs) modification of the stratosphere before, so...
0: This idea is called solar geoengineering. It's a controversial field of science. But to tackle climate change, some scientists think geoengineering could buy us time to wean ourselves off of fossil fuels. Others are skeptical and worry there could be unintended consequences. That hasn't stopped Luke. His startup, Make Sunsets, has raised $750,000. And not only does Luke think this idea could help save the planet, he also thinks it could make him a lot of money.
1: The value of creating a thermostat that we can tune at will for the earth is so great. We have to capture so little of that value to create quite a profitable and valuable business. And, you know, if more competent people won't do it, we'll we'll do it ourselves.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, March 29th. Coming up on the show, the controversial push to cool the earth. This episode is brought to you by Volvo Cars. Distractions happen, but there are things that can help you stay focused. Like the fully electric, seven-seater Volvo EX90. It was made to help keep you and those around you on the road safe, With LiDAR technology that can see what you sometimes can't. And a two-camera driver understanding system designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Visit volvocars.com slash US to learn more. For generations, humans have pumped a lot of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere which scientists say contributes to rising temperatures, melting ice caps, and rising sea levels. But if humans have been able to heat up the planet, why couldn't humans also cool it down? That's what Luke Eisman wondered. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to. We caught up with Luke the other day over video chat. He was in Mexico, and he gave us a virtual tour of his makeshift desert compound—
1: a joke. This is my Bond villain lair. Shipping container castle.
0: <laughs> Luke is living off the grid, and you can hear his generator humming in the background.
1: Discovering this idea has been basically the only non-depressing thing about climate that I've heard in a long time.
0: Luke isn't a scientist. He learned about the idea of geoengineering last year, literally from science fiction. — Luke, a former director at the startup incubator Y Combinator, was listening to an audiobook called Termination Shock by Neal Stephenson.
1: And in it, a billionaire in Texas builds the biggest gun in the world to shoot canisters up to 20 kilometers in altitude that then start emitting sulfur dioxide.
0: I didn't actually believe he was going to pull the trigger. It's happening, Alistair said.
1: And he does this in the book specifically to create greater reflectivity in the stratosphere so that less sunlight reaches Earth.
0: I sort of can't believe it. We are fixing the climate. Changing it anyway. Esmail returned.
1: And as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, this is really interesting, and this is going to be a rabbit hole that I probably fall down for a while.
0: And I did. Luke launched Make Sunsets last October. And the reason he called it that?
1: The most vivid effect when we're doing stratospheric aerosol injection will be slightly more vivid sunsets. So we're making sunsets.
0: This idea of blocking out the sun kind of reminded me of an evil scheme Mr. Burns once hatched on The Simpsons.
2: Since the beginning of time, man has yearned to destroy the sun. I will do the next best thing. Block it out.
0: But the thing is, the principle behind geoengineering isn't so far-fetched. Well, uh, it has worked before. That's our colleague Eric Nealer, who covers science.
2: Every time we see a really big explosion of a volcano, like Mount Pinatubo, for example, back in 1991, (laughs) The Philippine government has ordered the evacuation of thousands more people within a 25-mile radius of Mount Pinatubo. That threw a lot of sulfur and ash up into the air, and it cooled the planet by about one degree Fahrenheit for about two years. So it made a big difference.
0: What Luke is trying to do is to mimic
2: that. It's like a man-made volcanic eruption, where you pump a whole bunch of ash and sulfur up into the Atmosphere, reflective particles, and cool us down to a state where some of these environmental changes could be slowed down.
0: Hmm. So the idea is I kind of like to put like a sunshade over all of planet Earth using these particles in the atmosphere. Exactly. In theory, one way to do this would be to release balloons filled with sulfur dioxide, the same gas that volcanoes burp out during eruptions.
2: Up until recently, there's been a taboo about it. But what's changed is that now, things are getting worse in terms of carbon dioxide emissions. And it's becoming clear that that something has to be done. —
0: There's actually been a lot of interest in this idea recently. Last year, the White House announced plans for a five-year study of geoengineering, which could cost $200 million. And some pretty big names and institutions are exploring it, too. Bill Gates backed a Harvard project to spray calcium carbonate over Scandinavia, although that experiment never happened. And Jeff Bezos has lent out Amazon's cloud computing to help scientists simulate geoengineering experiments. But the reason no one has actually done it yet is because there could be a lot of unintended consequences. Our colleague Eric says pumping out lots of sulfur dioxide into the sky could increase acid rain.
2: Or worse? Changing weather patterns, changing wind patterns, changing the monsoons in parts of Asia, or bringing flooding to northern Europe or to the Arctic, having wide-scale drought across Australia, or make the ozone hole bigger. These are all things that have been speculated if you start messing with the planet and adding a lot of sulfur dioxide to the stratosphere.
0: Despite the risks, Luke decided to try it anyway.
2: Are you ready? Are you ready? Pretty good.
0: That's next. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. Hooray!
1: Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org.
0: You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a weather balloon swaying a few kilometers over the Nevada desert. The balloon looks like a giant white beach ball. Luke bought it online.
1: Balloons are quite easy. You can buy hobbyist weather balloons that can lift a couple kilograms into the stratosphere, literally on Amazon, for a couple hundred dollars.
0: As a test in Reno, Nevada, he filled the balloon with sulfur dioxide and sent it into the air. The goal is that it would eventually burst in the stratosphere. For now, these tests are more of a proof of concept. While the Mount Pinatubo eruption sent 15 million tons of sulfur dioxide into the sky... Luke's balloons released just a few grams. In theory, it would take a much bigger payload to blanket the sky with enough particles to deflect sunlight and cool the Earth. But Luke doesn't just want to cool the planet. You're also setting this up as a business. How do you plan to make money? So we are currently selling cooling credits.
1: And one cooling credit costs $10 or less. We frequently run discounts because we're, we're not sure how. Luke says
0: the company will release one gram of sulfur dioxide for each $10 cooling credit that it sells.
1: And yeah, so far we have 62 customers as of today. Biggest order was 1,000 credits. Smallest order and most frequent is one or two credits at $10 to
0: $20. There are people who have said that you are just a charlatan, just trying to get attention and a way to make money for yourself. How do you respond to that? <laughs> I, I think that there are infinitely
1: easier ways to make some money, and a charlatan could find better <laughs> businesses <laughs> to start.
0: <laughs> some investors are buying into the idea. Remember, Luke says he's raised $750,000. The money came from two venture capital firms and a few friends. But our colleague Eric says some
2: climate scientists aren't convinced. I wouldn't call it a stunt, although others have called it a stunt, but it's sort of an attention-getting device also just sort of ringing the bell and saying, hey, we need to do something.
0: Even if Luke was just looking for attention, he got it. Late last year, Luke launched a balloon carrying sulfur dioxide in Mexico.
1: We posted about it, uh, some media attention in end of December, and then It's like another month, month and a half after that, a friend messaged me a link to a press release on a government of Mexico website saying, essentially, because make sunsets, we're going to ban all solar geoengineering experiments.
0: The Mexican government announced it was banning all geoengineering field tests. The government cited, quote, risks to human and environmental security. Stunt or no stunt, Luke's small-scale tests reignited debate within the scientific community. In January, the same week Mexico announced the ban, dozens of scientists signed a letter supporting a ban on solar geoengineering. But about a month later, another group of prominent scientists said the opposite and called for accelerated study of geoengineering. Given how difficult it's been to bring down carbon emissions— Do you think that we are slowly on a march toward this idea actually happening on a large scale?
2: Not in the near future. I think there are too many unknown questions, but I think it's going to be talked about more. I mean, you know, all the scientists that I speak to agree that the number one solution is to reduce emissions of greenhouse gases. But it's not happening fast enough. This other solution, solar geoengineering, It's really a Band-Aid. But it's definitely not the solution. And a lot of people feel that if we were to pursue this, that it would sort of open the door to saying, you know, I don't need to drive an electric car. I don't need to change the gas in my factory. We're going to put up these sunshades, and that's going to work. So that's another fear, right? Lack of action.
0: Luke says that if it can buy us time to decarbonize, it's worth it. Although, it's not clear how soon geoengineering could happen at scale or how much time it would buy us. Paint me any
1: other realistic picture that doesn't create massive human suffering of us staying below 2C of global warming. You can't. This is a horrible idea that we have to do.
0: I think that one reason people find this idea kind of uncomfortable is because one company, or even One person, in this case, you, can create a thermostat, as you put it, for the entire planet. The entire planet upon which every human being lives.
1: Yeah, I agree that this would be much better to have some international, equitably represented group of experts, democratically controlled, do this. That's not happening anytime soon. If that happens, if the responsible adults start cooling the earth then i'll happily shut down my company far worse than an international consensus is like you said one person or one company controlling this however far worse than somebody doing this is our status quo which is that no one is doing this and we are creating needless suffering for people and extinctions of species by not doing this
0: but what makes you so confident that when you do it you won't screw it up
1: oh, we'll definitely screw it up. Part of what's beautiful about this is after two to three years, our particles settle back out. So we'll screw this up in many ways as we scale it, and we'll learn and change as we do so. We're not going to suddenly be doing this at a giant scale. That's not how, in my very limited understanding and experience, innovation works, ever, at all. You make things, they break. Ideally, you make them and deploy them in a way where breaks are tolerable and damage is minimized and learning is maximized.
0: Move fast and break things might work for Silicon Valley. But breaking the climate? That's a major theme in that sci-fi book that first inspired Luke. Without giving away the ending of Termination Shock, let's just say that the Texas billionaire's geoengineering scheme, it doesn't work out well for planet Earth. The book could be read as a warning. A cautionary tale about what can happen if one person unilaterally makes a decision that affects all of us. Do you think that your company alone could grow large enough to be able to solve this problem and put enough sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere to put a lid on rising temperatures?
1: Yeah, if we put $20 million of sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere, we will outstrip new warming being added with our CO2 emissions.
0: So if some rich investor or some number of rich investors came to you and said, here's a blank check, would you do it?
1: Uh, I would love nothing more.
0: Some scientists aren't sure that geoengineering via weather balloons would work at the scale necessary to cool the Earth. Aircraft or even rockets might be required to spread enough sulfur dioxide. And $20 million might not cut it. None of that deters Luke. Next month, he's invited the public to send their own geoengineering balloons into the sky at a climate event in San Francisco. Does that not scare you at all? Like, that, you know, humans are playing God in a way?
1: One of my favorite quotes is from a guy named Stuart Brand. We're as gods, we might as well get good at it. He updated it about 15 years ago to we're as gods, and we need to get good at it. The necessity comes from climate change. So you can hand-ring about how crazy is the world that technology and people can have the power to change global temperatures, and yeah, I get it. The other version of that is we can buy the world time to decarbonize while minimizing harm in the meantime. And if that's not exciting, then I don't know what is.
0: That's all for today, Wednesday, March 29th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.